0: Welcome to Cancel This Podcast. On today's show, I'm going to have a conversation with my friend George Vincent. George is an actor, producer, filmmaker, and follower of Christ. His latest film, Heavenly Deposit, is a true story about a time in his life when he was struggling, but God used some amazing circumstances and people to change his course. This is going to be a great episode. So sit back, relax, turn the volume down just a bit, and enjoy the show george vincent welcome to the cancel this podcast man it's such a pleasure to have you here
1: jason thank you for having me man
0: Dude, I think we met like a year ago when my book came out and we were connected by a couple different people because you had a movie coming out. My book was kind of hitting there. And and the, regardless of who connected, what's so awesome is the connection is just kind of taken off and we'll go through maybe a month of not talking to each other and then a month pops in and we just start chatting it up. But anyways, brother, I'm so stoked to be able to have you on the show today, man. This is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Appreciate it. Looking forward to it.
0: Great. So, in the intro, I went over kind of your bio and your history and uh, your your background in quote Hollywood. But tell us a little bit about your life: born, raised, church that you went to as a young man, that kind of stuff.
1: Sure, sure. So, uh, I, I grew up in a very uh, loving uh, Greek family. You know, I had uh, just great parents. Really, just the love was always there. Uh, you know, we were taught right from wrong. You know, everything about everything about my dad. You know, the way he uh, just was always taught us to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, and it was always he had such values. It was incredible. So that's that was always instilled in us. I have a brother, too. So that's something that we grew up with.
0: Right. So your dad, was he kind of like that old world, old school Greek that I kind of think about when I'm thinking of like, you know, a movie? Was that kind of his style and his vibe?
1: Well, you know, if, if you're, if you're thinking of my big fat Greek wedding. With no, because mom. that would
0: be inappropriate. and I'd be <laughs> clapping. <laughs> no, I'm just going. Yeah. George, that's right where I was, brother. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. He, he was, he, you know, that was great, by the way, great movie. But um, no, he wasn't like that at all. He was just very soft spoken. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, he just, oh, he lived his life with just sticking to values, you know, right. and, and he was a very prideful man you know, and that's something that, but he was a perfectionist, Jason. Okay. So, and that's, that's one thing as a kid growing up, I used to look at, it and I'm like, man, I don't want that. I don't want to be like that. Right. Because, because he would do things, just everything would have to be done a certain way. Right. And, you know, looking back now as an adult, man, he was right. You know, you do <laughs> things to the best of your abilities, you do things fully, et cetera, et cetera. And, And at the time, since I was a young kid, you know, that to me was kind of boring, I guess. Or it was just, you know, yeah, I just didn't understand it. But let me tell you what he instilled in us growing up uh, just laid the groundwork for who I am today, you know.
0: Amen, brother. You know, what I realized, you know, my story is, I I didn't grow up in a house with a a mom and a dad. I grew up with just a dad, and he was struggling with his own demons. And so being a single father was tough for him, plus being a Vietnam vet. So I didn't get a lot of what you're talking about there. But check this out. I grew up kind of angry. But when I look back at it now, it's kind of the same, like you grew up in perfection. So just analyzing from the outside in, there might be a lot of pushback because you wish it wasn't like that. Well, there's also pushback in mine because I wish it wasn't the way it was. But when I look back as a grown man, I see so many lessons that I actually learned from that that God kind of revealed to me. Do you kind of find that when you're looking back in your past?
1: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. You know, see, the thing is that, like I said, he was such a good influence on me Mm -hmm. that he truly was my best friend. Right. He really was. And, um, and then, you know, what happened? I, you know, the story, because you've seen the movie, he, you know, he ended up dying, you know, from, from a, suddenly from a brain, you know, from brain cancer. Right. And, and it was that moment, really, it was that moment that crushed me. So when you say when you say that you were angry, I totally get it. You know, I lost my best friend. And, and that's when I found myself being, you know, angry about, Right. basically getting mad at God to it away but but it was it was one of those things where Jason and I wasn't that guy that was like oh I hate God it wasn't that it was because because I grew up with God you know mm-hmm. and I figured he was too busy for me because when we found out he had cancer we prayed we asked him to take it you know take it from him and heal him right and he yeah. never did never happened so that, really just kind of cooled me off on god and 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 i realized or at least at that point i realized that if i needed to get things done it was up to me right. and, and th- you know it's crazy but that's right. that's what i took from that and and i was like you know he's just too busy for me so i i walked away and i started doing my own thing living my life going after things the way i needed to at least i thought was the best approach And um, sometimes, you know, having confidence in yourself is one thing, but trusting solely in yourself without including God, man, what a what a lesson to learn.
0: Right. It doesn't work. And the way I explain that a lot of times to people, because I grew up faithless, but I hear a lot of people who grew up in the church, which regardless of which church they they were in, you know, if they're in a Southern Baptist church or an Orthodox church or the Catholic church. It doesn't really matter to me. But one common story that I hear is that a lot of times people kind of relied off the faith of their parents, the the yeah. going to church, the, you know, putting in the work behind it. Then when God doesn't deliver, anger sometimes sets in of like, man, not like that you're screaming at God and shaking your fist. Yeah. Well, check this out. Growing up as, you know, people like to say an atheist, but I say I was a nothingness. I was just a young, angry man. You know, I I didn't know what I believed in, but all I knew is I was full of hate. Well, what you kind of explained there makes sense to me because I didn't believe in God. So I was God looking at it from a Christian view. Obviously, I wasn't a God. But as a right. man who had not become new in Christ, I was rebelling against him, right? And so the word I, which you just use a whole bunch of times, was I started doing things. I started pursuing yeah. stuff. I started that. Well, we become the center of our own universe, right? Self-worship. or exactly. worship. And what sucks about that, and I'm very clear to people about this, is eventually you're going to learn you can't accomplish Everything you want to accomplish. It's just not a fact. God can do anything he wants. Jason can't. George can't. Now, if it is God's will and he lays down the path and we put in the work, yes, things are going to happen. But what did you find? I mean, you know, shortly after your father passed away, you know, you're going through the grieving, the hurt process. Um, You're an actor at that time, Correct.
1: No 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 okay, okay. A not a, a young kid not not yet an actor, not yet an actor,
0: yet not an actor. yet an actor, so what were you doing at that time of your life? you don't mind me asking
1: um basically, I was being you know a young kid you know young kid basically you know uh finishing up you know going to school stuff right. like that right. and um so so a lot of a lot of what I needed to do, you know who i who I was at that point was really right before i I started beginning to become that man, become a man, you know what I'm saying? So right, yeah, like, no, I
0: hear you. Yeah, I mean, when, when do we really become a man? Sometimes like, dude, I didn't become a man until I was almost 30-something years old, you right, know? So right, what right, is right. that true point of becoming? Right. There's the age of 18, there's adolescence, there's puberty. I get all that stuff, but at what point do you truly become a man? I think right. that could be uh, up in the air for a lot of people.
1: He, here's the thing. I i, th- I do want to say that um, that experience really got me to a point to be a man Sooner than I wanted to be. Right. Because when, when that happened, it's all of a sudden you have to step up, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. as, as, as a young kid, you have to step up and, and right. help out as much as you can in the household and right. whatever. So it kind of forced me to grow up kind of quick.
0: Right. In right. I hear in that you. sense. Right. And so so when you finally started breaking into Hollywood, and I don't know all the proper terms because, mind you, I sat in a firehouse for 22 years. There were no actors, producers, directors walking by my little firehouse over there on 34th Street in West Oakland, right? So I don't know all the terminology. But with that being said, your career starts going into acting. How, how did yeah. that come about?
1: Oh, man, this is great. So I guess it was... It was the fact that I, I just I just found acting as a way of of a, a nice release or a nice way of of really getting in touch with my emotions and kind of releasing them in a way and it was kind of therapeutic I guess at the time and uh, I remember i was I was studying at this one place it was called um, it was a Sanford meisner school New York City okay and I remember that, that you know, when this happened, it was, you know, the whole timeline of, of this transpiring was about a year and a half, you mm-hmm. know, with my dad first getting sick and then passing away. Mm-hmm. So when, what happened was that I was taking these classes and, and it, was, it was hard. And then the teacher, I, I remember, her name was Vicki, and uh, she was a sweet lady. And she she noticed that in my work, there was a lot of anger. And, and I remember she said to me, she goes, listen, she goes, I really want you to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I go, Vicki, I said, I'm, not, I'm good. I'm good. You know, who wants to admit that, right. you know, they're not, they're not all together. So, so I remember she just pushed hard and she goes, listen, here's a card. I'm going to call her, go meet her. And I said, okay. All right. Finally, I, you know, gave in and went. And Jason, I'll never forget this. This is incredible. This is an incredible story. This part right here. So I remember you know, it's, it's a brownstone, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I bring the bell, you know, opens up. The elevators go up and boom, it opens up. And there's this probably about at the time, at the time, let's see here. She must have been she seemed like like a maybe late 30s, early 40s year old person. Right. Right. And she goes, uh, you you know, George Vincent. I said, yeah, yeah. She goes, uh, Vicky told me about you. And um, she said that you lost your father. And I said, yeah. And she goes, you're having a very difficult time dealing with it. I said, yeah. So she goes, Well, he's here right now. Now, Jason, wow. you gotta understand, this to me was like, you know, w first of all, I didn't believe in any of what do you mean he's here right now? Kind right. Of, you know? I just don't believe in that. And and it was interesting because she goes, No, no, he's here right now. He's with us right here. And I and I just smiled like, uh-huh, okay. And she goes, No, he's he's got his forehead on your forehead right now. And Jason, that is so important because my dad went towards the end, he couldn't speak because his motor skills went because of the brain tumor. Mm-hmm. The way we would say, I love you is we would put our foreheads together. And and it, it just blew my mind. And I just looked at her and, and I remember I got it all teary-eyed and I, and I figured, Okay, there's something more than what I believe in here. There's something more right. to it. How does she know this? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, but that was that was a very uh, wow. interesting interesting story.
0: That is that. I mean, man, that's wow. That's that's just amazing. You know that, that she's able just to to speak into you like that. So you're now entering into the field, and I I basically I just kind of want to go there and ask you what was it like when you became a young actor in hollywood because you know i look at it like this there's so many awesome christians in hollywood there's so many awesome people who are not christians in hollywood and and, you know sometimes there's that divisiveness which i just don't like whatsoever because i'm like hey man we're we're all here to do something awesome, and and either side shouldn't rub the other side the wrong way. And that's you know one of the reasons you know I like talking about just everything here because I have friends who are Christians and not Christians. But let's be honest: when you go into an area so brand new, how do you navigate yourself as a young man? Because I mean, it sounds to me like you were in the church, you stepped away from the church, there's things going on, God's working on you. Now you're in this new land. Of, of awesomeness trying to navigate your way through. How did that go?
1: Okay, so um, for me, becoming an actor was was something that, in New York City, the first thing you really do is theater. I mean, that's, and, and that's what they say, the best, best trained actors are New York actors. And, and listen, I, I, I know there's plenty of people out there, and you're like, oh, come on. No, but seriously, it's something about theater-trained actors. They, they basically have the experience of being on their, you know, live, it's happening live and it puts a lot of pressure on you, you know, so, so you kind of get used to it. But anyway, it was that. And I remember I started out in theater, gave me a great grounding, great foundation. And then eventually I ended up, this is where I started moving in on my own. Okay. So boy, this is, this is crazy. I got a great, how do I back this one up? That's all right. Hey,
0: you know, that's the coolest thing about podcast, man. We're here. We can go all over the place. This is a conversation. The listeners love it. So if we need to step back, let's step back and go there, bro. Okay. I'm in.
1: This is a great story, Jason. This is a great story. I'll never forget this because um, it was something that that leads to my acting, you know, which, which led into it. Okay. So I remember I ended up getting, uh, auditioning for something and it was for New York's Most Wanted. Okay. okay? Now check this out. And I ended up, booking the job. Well, I booked it and the day that we were supposed to film, the night before, my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. And I remember my I remember saying, I just I can't go. I can't do this. You know, there was no way, no frame of mind to go and do this. And I remember my mom, she said, "Go." She goes, "Your father would want you to do this." Wow. And I remember I went Jason and it was one of those things where it was so difficult that day. It was like a scene where I had to recreate a scene where I, I robbed this person, stole this purse, shot the lady. And then I run off. And, and it was just like, you know, there's a lot of coordinated things going on at the
0: same right. time.
1: And as a young kid, I'm sitting there going, uh, I, I guess I can do this. I think right. I can, but all I did is I remember I worked on it. We finally shot it. And because of that job, I got into the union back in 1991. Wow. It was because of that job. Wow. And, 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 and you know, that's always been something my mom always said to me and she goes, you know, your, your father was with you that day. He wanted wow. you to do this. And, and so that, that that's the, the first thing, but then what happened was my first big gig after that was getting on a show called one life to live. Mm-hmm. So getting to yours, to get back to your question that what was it like? well, It was, it was incredible. So, so long story short, he ended up, uh, so I I get on One Life to Live and all of a sudden I started feeling what it was like. I was getting fan mail, you know, Uh, you know, I was, I was representing the show on, on softball games. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember there was this big AIDS event that happened that I went to fundraiser awareness of it. Yeah. 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 And I remember I went there and representing One Life to Live and it was, it was incredible And, and it was so easy to see myself that I was falling into a certain trap where, where I was getting, you know, like I I kind of felt that I was getting a little egotistical. Right. All right. And I was letting that get the best of me. Right. Uh, In retrospect, now I can say that. And, and again, you could attribute to that because I was a young guy and, you know, I was, I was feeling my, my oats at that point where so in my oats, I was feeling, you know, that that thing but yeah
0: you had a level of success you're feeling like you created it so here exactly. i am look at me and so now i i can totally hear you on that because as a fireman let's be honest you're idolizing what you're doing i idolize myself as a fireman right i'm like you know what i created this look at me i'm saving lives yeah. i've got a career that people look up to and everything and and there is a part of you you actually are being fake and not being real and buying right. into it because it's a job. At the end of the day, what I try to tell people is Jason is Jason. George is George. Yeah. Every, we're, we're who God created me. Then we are blessed with these cool jobs. But as young guys, like with me being a faithless guy and you, someone who you said stepped away from your faith, it's so easy when we're not grounded in faith to ground ourselves in something which can come crumbling apart at any moment, you know? Right on. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play, or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. All right, so I do want to kind of fast forward this. And the reason I wanted to just kind of share some of your experiences because folks really like to hear the background of why you're doing something or where you're at, why you're doing it. So let's now start talking about this awesome movie that you were part of, that you helped create. And I'm going to go ahead and let you announce it.
1: Uh, thanks, Jason. Well, you know, this, uh, this movie, it's called Heavenly Deposit, and it came out in 2019. It's my, it's my personal testimony of coming to Christ, being born again. And, um, you know, if you want to put it, that's exactly what it's about. You know, uh, you know, this, I, I try not to really be heavy handed with faith at all because mm-hmm. I, I think, I think, I think it's all about having a relationship. You know, my faith is all about a relationship with Jesus. That's it. That's what it comes down to. And, um, you know, what happened to me is that I experienced something that changed my life. You know, my wife and I, we moved to California in 1999. Okay and uh you know we started started our you know career you know my started my career out here in california from new york and and uh and she was such a great girl she was very supportive everything was going great and we bought a house and then all of a sudden 2000 and, and uh and 8 2009 rolls around the housing crisis.
0: Right. And, you know, a lot of people don't remember that, but it's in my eyes and your eyes, especially being here in California, there's people all around the nation who they, they may have experienced, but we experienced it big time. There was a huge collapse. Interest rates were up. House Our payments were up and they were raising up and our house prices were going down. And our security blankets of this world, just so we're clear, you know, people like your security blanket is Jesus. I'm like, yes, 100%. But having a home and security was getting yanked out from under you. Correct.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And at that point, I still like, you know, I was, I was under that philosophy. I was living that philosophy of if it's to be, it's up to me. And that's from, you know, when I was a young kid up to that point, you know, back in 2009, and, you know, it was funny It was funny because when I really look back at it, I see where it led me to. Okay. So my, and it was a world of hurt, world of hurt. And uh, I remember we were losing our home, just like a ton of other people. Um, I had lost my job, you know, I was an actor, but I also had a side job to keep things going. Lost that too. And I remember, I remember everything was, we were doing whatever we could to stay afloat and, and make sure we didn't get that notice of default. All right. You know, we, you know, the, and and get the foreclosure thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we ended up getting our notice and uh, you know, if we didn't pay by a certain day, we were going to lose the home. That was it. It was as simple as that. And, and reality never looked so hard, you know, and uh, we did whatever we could. And to to make a long story short, we sold all our gold. We sold stuff in the house to, to stay afloat, make payments. And eventually it came down to, we didn't have enough. And at the same time, my wife got, got very ill. Something happened. Right. And it was a life threatening issue. So my life went down the toilet.
0: So I know I'm, I'm going to kind of interject here. Yeah. As guys. Yeah. when we can't provide. Yep. It doesn't feel very good. Right. Let, let's keep it. it real. It, it, it doesn't feel good. What were you feeling like personally, bro? What, what were you feeling inside while you were oh, going through this?
1: Man. Um, I felt like I was the biggest loser. Right. I felt like I felt like I let her down. I let me down. I let, you know, it's like carrying, you know, seeing what, what my dad was like as a provider mm-hmm. and then seeing where, where I'm at. Right. It, it crushed me. It crushed me. And uh, I remember just thinking to myself, I've, you know, I've blown it, uh, you know, so here's what happens. I remember uh, we sold all our gold. There was a gentleman in, in uh, Los Angeles. What a gem. He was taking, you know, he was buying the gold, but it was still not enough. And, and I remember, I remember just, you know, Christina's in the hospital. I'm, I'm, you know, at home thinking about things. And all of a sudden, like I I hear this voice and, uh, and it, and the voice said, go to the bank. Hmm. And Jason, it was, it was so surreal. I I literally just stopped myself and, you know, I had 2,400 bucks in the movie. It's a little different. But this is truly happening. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: when people go to yeah. watch my movie of you know the fire department, you got to make the movie watchable. I get it, you know, and, yeah. and you could write a novel and put all this in there. So I totally get it, man. No, don't yeah. don't ever worry about having to explain that. Everyone okay. fully gets that. But so you you don't yeah. have enough money.
1: Don't have enough money. I'm sit I'm in my room in in you know in the spare bedroom, which is my computer room, and, and I hear a voice go to the bank. Now it, hmm. it wasn't it wasn't out here. It was in my head, but I heard it. And, and so I didn't move. I just I just froze, and then I heard it again. And it, the voice said, go to the bank now. So I, I remember thinking to myself, all right, I'm going to go to the bank. I don't know why, but I'm going to go. Got in my mm-hmm. car and went. It's about 5.15. It's literally the bank is closed. There's right. one car in the parking lot. And as I pull in, you know, it's, it's just one car in the parking lot. I open the door, and there's this gentleman. That is standing literally with his back to me at the right. counter where you can deposit money into a into an ATM. The main part of the bank is closed. So, and I remember I didn't, I didn't wanna I didn't wanna scare the guy because he right. looked like yeah. an older gentleman. He had a baseball right. cap and a suit. And I go, I go, How you doing? And he turns around and he looks at me and he goes, better now that you're here. Hmm. And I, and I said, Thanks. I said, No one's ever greeted me like that before. And he says, well, if you can't be nice to someone now, when can you be? He goes, wow. there's always heaven, right? And he smiles, and, and it was this big smile, and genuine smile. Right. And and I remember thinking to myself, yeah, okay. So he goes, you have a good night. I deposit the money, and I go outside, and I see him leaning on the back of my car. Now, like I said, there's only two cars in the parking lot. mm mm-hmm. And he's leaning on his back and, and, I, and I'm thinking he's having a heart attack or something. So I run over to him and I'm like, Hey, you all right?
0: Mm-hmm. And he
1: goes, Yeah. He goes, Is this your car? And I said, Yeah. He goes, It was rolling backwards. I just stopped it. Now, here's the thing. You know, I did, you can't, you don't realize where a car is parked in a parking lot when there's no cars. Right. You know, because you could see where a car would be, you know, there's spots for cars. Yeah. But, but, but you didn't know that it was rolling out of its actual spot right. until you really, you know, until you really see it. And then you're like, right. oh, man, this thing had rolled out at least four feet. It was going to hit a wall. Yeah. Anyway, so to make a long story short, this is how it all starts up. It was him, this gentleman, that meeting where he said, he goes, um, when, when, you know, I, I jumped in the car, I pull it forward. And I said, thank you. And he goes, Can, he goes, you got a minute? I said, yeah. And he says, when I saw you inside, he goes, I thought you were the one. But now that this is your car, I know it's you. And, and I just looked at him and I said, "What?" And he says, I, "And this is—I'm I'm not going to go further than this area because people can watch the movie." Right, but, right, right. He says to me, "I was I was on this property. I was pulling out this sign out of this property, and God told me to come here and tell the man everything is going to be okay." Wow and I'm sitting there going oh man this is crazy and Chilled. what what comes after this really led me to accept Christ as my lord and savior it was that event yeah it was it was i mean you have to see the, the yeah movie I, I won't give it away moment.
0: because obviously you know christy and i we've watched it we loved it we've recommended oh. it to <laughs> our friends but it just gives me chills because for me I love relational talk. Obviously, you know me. I'm, I'm old school in my Bible all the time. It's God's infallible word. People like to have so many discussions off to the side about miracles happening, miracles not yeah. happening. Blah, blah. and It's just, it's nonstop. Because what I try to tell people is if something happens, just go with it. Just go yes. with it. And, and, and so with me in my life, I've had situations like that happen. And last time that really happened, I actually got to quote be that guy, if you will, (laughs) and again, not giving away the movie and stuff. But I just many many years as a fireman, I can recognize when someone's just really struggling and hurting. So God let me live as a fireman for all those years, right? Then He gave me a Bible, and the Bible instructs me how to go help people do some. Yeah. Well, one day while it wasn't like I was called to Home Depot to go speak to this lady. I was honestly (laughs) there to get some bags of cement. Let's keep it real. But, quote, divine appointments, if you want to call them that. Sure. And the lady who was there that was working, I I could see that she was a recovering addict. You know, just because, again, I'm not judging. But as a paramedic many years, I could see the marks on her arms and all that stuff. And I could see that she had a recovery band on and all this stuff. And I saw a cross. And I said, you know what? I just need to tell you here real quickly. God is so proud of you. Now, people say, Jason, was that God talking to you? And I'm like, no, I didn't have the true voice of God. Like, you know, I'm Moses and the Ten Commandments. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But what had happened was God gave me all these gifts and abilities. He then gave me the Bible. He says, look, be the light, be my hands, be my servant, show people my love through you. And, and again, I have not given up your movie stuff by any means, I don't, I don't. but it just opens up that. I love these conversations that opens up because when you, as someone who is a creator takes an experience of your past and now creates it, it blesses so many, bro. So Bravo for uh, sharing that with us here. And also on the film too. Thank you. So, we don't want to give up the full ending of the film and everything and, and how it goes down and everything, but post that, give me just a couple small other okay. experiences that helped you in your journey of, you know, returning to Christ.
1: Well, it, it, okay. So it was that moment, but see, it was really that moment. And then what ensued after, because right. things changed, right? Like everything changed. and, and, and you know, again, you know, it, it's a good ending, it's a right, good ending, right. but here's the thing. My, my story is that that hope that god gave me i couldn't help but tr- sharing that with everyone right, so i was right. really just sharing that moment sharing my story with people right just one at a time and ultimately what happened was i ended up telling this one gentleman and uh, it was at a it was a starbucks i not know it was a starbucks and this gentleman was a, a minister I didn't know he was, obviously. He was just just talking to a guy, you know, right, and, right. and say, hey, can I, can I share something with you? And then he turns to me and says, you know, I'm a minister. And he goes, this is a very powerful story. He goes, you have to make it into a movie and you have to share it with the world. Why didn't I think of that, Jason? I was telling people one at a time,
0: like, right? Well, I, I think there's a lot of times, we like with me, I didn't want to write out my story because – you know, you truly want to be humble, right? Yeah. And, and when you're dealing with faith, it's this balance. So we're so told me time: be humble, be humble, be humble. Then you tell your story, and people are like, "Jason, you're making it about you." George, you're making it about you. I'm like, yeah, "No, yeah. I'm telling the story I yeah. gave you." So sometimes, let's be honest, there's a little fear if. You will that we're scared what people think, even though it's so. Come on, man, it's so easy to say. Don't worry about what people think about you. Yeah, well, when they're telling you what they think about you all the time, it kind of it kind of pulls you back a little, you know. So I get why it wouldn't pop in there. Like with me, I didn't want to write out my story, but same thing. Pastors are like, this is impactful, and if God gave you something, it's not like you're going to be in the land of sin if you don't share it. But it's like, think about this. Would it be sinful to hold on to it, knowing that God wants you to share it with the world? You know, and that's the route that I took with it when I was uh, thinking about sharing my story.
1: And that's so that's that's exactly right. And and what I learned, what I learned was that this whatever we can do to help others is what we're supposed to do. Lead them to Christ your own way, your own way again. Um, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for this experience, I wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. You know, so, so I look back, you know, like the chicken or the egg thing, you know, what came right. first? Well, but obviously he had a plan, you know, and, and thank goodness I listened. Right. Really. It could have, it could have been easy that I just didn't pay attention to it or whatever, but being able to share my story with people has been, the, the response has been amazing. And I'll tell you why. We've helped people. Jason, there's no better feeling knowing that someone says to you something like, hey, you know what? Your movie helped me on my walk with God. Right. Right. You know, I never, I I thought I was the only one going through tough times and I'm sitting there going, Lord, thank you for, for making me, you know, like I, I look at it this way. I'm just a spoke in God's wheel of life. I'm just a spoke. If I can help to do something, then I've done my job.
0: That's so good, man. And and here's my take on it too, is just you know, his timing is so perfect too. Think about it. He, no one foresaw the pandemic coming. And we can all have our views on this, that shot, no shot mandate, no mandate. We can all go back and forth. And it's total and I'm I always tell people, it is so cool to have your own opinion. Hence my word, the you know, the name of the show, cancel this, because I want people to be able to talk without being canceled. But what is the beauty is where you land, on which side of the fence, on what you believe in, what political party you uh, vote in, what union or part or not part of. We all need hope, dude. Without and What that. I love about what the timing was behind your movie is it came out in a time of darkness, no matter where you're faith lied or where your beliefs in the worldly stuff lie. Like I say, regardless of which side of your aisle are, it's tough. It's tough times right now. And what I love is that you're bringing a message of hope and a message of eternal hope, which is what this world so desperately needs right now, bro.
1: Thank you, Jason. That You know, again, if you would have said, if if you said, George, you know, I'm going to do this and do this and it's going to come out like this, I'd be lying to you. Right. I had no clue. I had no clue, Jason, how I was going to do it. But what I will say is this. I just put all my faith and trust in his hands. And I said, look, I want to honor you with this film. And I want to reach people and give them hope. So all I did was then like I was just a vessel, basically.
0: Right. You know, and he pieced it together behind the scenes. Yeah, knowing some of the stuff I know of behind the scenes production, all this stuff, just yeah. the people he brought along, how how to get, I mean, things cost money, stuff happens, that, you know, along the way, how he knitted it all together, man. It's such Anytime. a story. So, bro, again, if you wouldn't mind telling us where we can watch this movie, get a copy of this movie, uh, get to know more about you, that kind of great stuff. Uh, that'd be awesome. Because I know for a fact you've gained some new fans just in this interview alone.
1: Jason, thank you for, for again, for having me. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, If if People can just go to heavenlydeposit.com, www.heavenlydeposit.com.
0: George, thank you so much for spending some time on the podcast today. My friends, go check out this movie. Check out the merchandise. You're going to love it. George, have a fantastic day, brother. You as well. Thanks so much, Jason.